Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Lawn with this week's Smart Garden. Right you are here on 830 WCCO and joining me in studio is Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Back with us once again. Nice to see you, Teresa. And it's good to see you, Danny. And you'll be with us for a week or two or three. Yes. Something like that. Stuck with me for a few times. That's absolutely (laughs) perfect because our listeners love it too. I get a lot of help from uh, Teresa, so if you do have a question, you want to phone it in, uh, I uh, do it now because lines fill up pretty quickly. 651-989-9226. And Teresa, we're already getting callers. Excellent. Uh, And texters as well, 81807, if that's a form you'd prefer to send your question in, your lawn or garden question, is 81807. All right, before you and I chat, let's go to uh, the phones right away. Okay. We'll help out as many like people plan. as we can. Uh, Mary Lou is calling from uh, Crystal. Mary Lou, good morning. Good morning, Mary Lou. Good morning, guys. Um, I have a question about peonies. I know a while back Mary was talking about them, and I'm, I need some more information about winter thing. Mm-hmm. wintering them. I uh, usually cut them down. And then I lay the stems over the plant mm-hmm. for the winter. And right now they're light green and some yellow. And I don't know if I should wait longer or if I could do it now. You know, it's up to you. Um, when as, soon as, as long as the plant's green, it's photosynthesizing, so it's still bringing nutrition down to the roots. Okay. Um, so you can leave that out. Um, what I would do is if you've had any disease at all, and, and actually what I would do even if you didn't have disease is when it, they die, um, when they die back to the ground, either from the frost or whatever, cut them at ground level or just about at ground level, and send that to the compost bin. Um, you, you you shouldn't have to lay anything over the roots. Bare bare is bare soil around that uh, crown should be just fine, um, especially if they've been there more than one year. They should be just fine. Oh, great! Well, yeah. that's that's yeah. great. Um, but Thank you. Those the, those unbearded iris are the ones that I say if you really want to just do minimal cleanup in the fall, clean those up down to the ground and get and send that foliage to the compost and any plants that, of course, that you had diseases on. All right, Mary Lou, thank you. Good luck, Mary Lou. 651-989-9226. Texter says this. (laughs) We'll get this taken care of right away. Have a full lawn of creeping Creeping Charlie. Charlie. (laughs) Yes, but this is the twist here. I love and promote it. No mowing needed. Some neighbors say it's a noxious weed and the city can find me. For that, is I, that possible? I've never I, heard of. I've not, never heard of that. Not of creeping Charlie. Um, not of creeping Charlie. Uh, no, they've turned the noxious weed as far as buckthorn. Right, goes, but right. I don't think I haven't heard that creeping Charlie is. No. Um, what you may want to do just to keep your neighbors happy, um, once it blooms, if you want to mow it, mow it at that time, just after it finishes blooming. Then it's not going to send seeds out, um, and, and so then you'll have less of your of your lawn getting into other people's lawn. 
Um, but but and then just keep the edges bare. Give give your lawn a really clear cut definition where there's no creeping Charlie getting into their yard. A little that's no smart. man's zone. That's, that's even if it's idea. just a foot of mulch all the way around your yard where the creeping Charlie, if it gets on the mulch, it's out of there. And then your neighbors, the edges make good neighbors. Sometimes. I was just going to say that's yeah. a good neighbor yeah. thing to mm-hmm. do. All right, all right. Let's see who has been away. Tom is calling from Richfield with a question. Good morning, Tom. Morning, Tom. Hi. Good morning. Uh, so I have two juvenile oak trees. They're very young, and it's like they stopped growing halfway up. Um, they There's no leaves. It doesn't look like any life half of the height. They're about maybe five feet tall right now, six mm-hmm. feet tall, mm-hmm. and getting lots of little well branches with um, leaves, but only about halfway up. It sounds like for some reason that 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 uh, leader got damaged. Um, what you want to do is once if if it looks like it's dead, you should have it pruned out. If it um it, and if it's not dead, then um you know it may leaf out again. But it sounds like for some reason that leader died. Um, it could have been broken in the wind and and not broken enough that it broke, but it just damaged the the branch, the leader itself. Um, and then once that leader is taken out of there, the higher branches, whichever one is highest, will then become the leader. So your trees will have little crooks in them. Are both trees affected? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, that, that almost sounds like maybe an herbicide drift came through and, and knocked them out, or a real sharp wind could have done that damage too. But to have both trees impacted with the same kind, there was some kind of damage from the environment it sounds like so if if they look like they're dead then cut off the dead stuff um if you're not quite sure then i would wait until winter and then cut off um the dead stuff so you don't have to worry about um uh bringing in oak wilt or anything like that with insects you can always have a certified arborist look at them to make sure that that's a good idea too Mm -hmm. it's always a good idea Mm -hmm. thank you tom Texter says leaves on Norway maple trees have black spots about the size of a half dollar and smaller. No bugs or mites visible. Yep. And leaves appear healthy. Otherwise, mm-hmm. any idea? Probably there. It's probably black. Uh, it's a tar. It's called tar spot. It looks like somebody oh, okay. threw tar all over the tree. We've seen a lot of it this year. It's just because it was really humid. You know, bundle up the leaves, um, clean them up uh, if you want to. Send them to the city compost bin so that they can get um, composted really well. It doesn't hurt the plants. It just makes them look un- untidy. And it just depends. I mean, there if you leave all those leaves in your area, they could reinfect the tree next year. It's a possibility because the spores would be there. Um, but, you know, the spores could come in from anywhere because obviously you didn't have that last year and you got it this year, so it came from somewhere. Um, so clean up what you can, and don't worry about it. Black spot, tar spot is not a big deal. All right, good. Good news. Back to the phones. Donna is calling from Northfield. Donna, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Donna. Hi, good morning. I planted my amaryllis bulbs in my garden. Now, I've dug them up, and a couple of them had babies. Mm-hmm. Can I just take those off? Yep, just take those off, put them in a little pot um, by themselves, a little t- little tiny pots because they like to like to be kind of snug, and um, and they won't bloom for a year or two for you. But let them get um, lots of energy and grow them just as you would your other amaryllis. Let them go dormant, bring them out. They're not going to flower, but when they're big enough, they will flower for you. Okay. Then my husband plants a vegetable garden, and he has blight on his tomatoes. Is there anything we can do to the soil? What happens with um, that? What you want to do is make sure you clean up your veggie garden really well in the fall. Send that to your compost bin or even to the city compost bin would probably be better because it is a disease and that will heat up faster there or more. 
Um, add amendments to your garden, compost in the fall, um, maybe grow a cover crop, but get that soil as healthy as possible. Make sure you're doing crop rotation so you're not planting the same plants, the same family plants in the same area. Um, and just get the soil as healthy as you can. When you plant your tomatoes next year, as soon as you plant them, put down a barrier between the soil and the, and the tomatoes, some kind of mulch, newspaper, straw, something like that. Um, and that keeps the, those, those diseases in the soil and get a lot of good air circulation around. And, and that helps. But with this, with this really rainy, wet summer that we had, we see a lot of kind of diseases like that. Okay. Texter says this, Teresa, I harvested my zinnia flowers after a freeze. Will they be viable? The zinnia seeds. Um, I assume that's if, what if the seeds were ripe, they should still be viable. Um, if if the seeds were not fully ripe, then they probably won't do anything for you. All right, I tell you what, let's take a quick break. We'll be back with more of our Smart Garden Show brought to us by our friends down near Jordan, Minnesota called By the Yard, the best patio furniture your money can buy. I'll tell you what, let's uh, take this break. We'll be back. Uh, so folks on the line, hang in. I see a line is open. If you want to uh, ask Teresa your lawn and garden question by phone, 651-989-9226 or send a text, 81 81- Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. We're on every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour getting great help like folks with this master gardener we have in studio by the name of Teresa Rooney. And uh, Teresa, we've got typical. We've got uh, full lines and a lot of text messages as well. So let's get back to it. Doug is calling from Hopkins with a question. Thank you, Doug. Hi, Doug. Hi. Um, I had a question. Um, All summer long I've been finding um, small holes in my backyard, anywhere from about a quarter inch on up to maybe two inches wide. And I'm just wondering if there are any ideas what might be causing that. My guess, first guess, would be squirrels. Um, it, and what you can do is, is if next year, if you get the same thing, um, kind of figure out when, when these things are happening. If it's during the day when you're at work, it's probably squirrels. If it seems to be more at night, then it could be something like little voles or mice or something because they're more active in the evening. But I'm guessing squirrels, um, they're just digging around for stuff in your yard. I got it in my yard too. Yeah, Same thing. it's, yeah, it, yeah. it, squirrels. I just kind of think of it as, I don't know, aeration. Um, <laughs> there's not much you can really do. Just try to get your grass as healthy as you can. Keep it watered if it needs it. Mow it high if you if you can, um, and and comp, and um, le- let the uh, do a mulcher mower so that the leaves fall down. But it's you know if it doesn't seem to be impacting your yard too bad. There's really not much to worry about, and uh, there's not much you can do with squirrels because they're not easily trained. <laughs> That's so true. But I gotta believe it is squirrels. It's too. squirrels. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like squirrels. All right, Doug. Thank you. Thanks, Doug. Sorry about that. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Or send a text eight one eight zero seven. Linda is calling from St. Paul, and we'll grab some text messages. Hi, Linda. Hi, Linda. Hello, hello. Um, my question is, I just moved into a condo, and I have a wonderful deck. I'm on the second level, and I'm wondering about doing bulbs in a container, and will they bloom? Will they freeze? Do I have to worry about them? Can I do it? Um, what happens in containers above ground in our winter 
is they'll often freeze and thaw. And with every freeze and every thaw and then the refreezing, you're getting damage to what's in the container. And eventually the plant is so damaged it doesn't come out of it. It dies. Um, That happens to bulbs too. Now a really big container, in the center of it, it could stay frozen all winter. That would be fine. Or if you can protect it and make sure the container, once it freezes, stays frozen. But it's hard to do that when it's above ground because you just don't have that mass to deal with. Um, what you may want to do instead is um, put put get some bulbs like you were going to force them. Only you know if you have a friend, plant some bulbs in in a in a. Uh a, uh, a pot and have your friend just sink them in the ground and then go over to your friends as soon as the soil's diggable, pull the bulbs up and, st- and stick the pot in your containers. You could try that. Um, otherwise, probably nothing really is going to do well out there above ground. It's just it's just the way Minnesota is. It, we can't, it can't stay frozen and it just freezes and thaws too much. Okay. Very good. Thank Sorry you, Linda. Mm-hmm. See who's next. Carol is calling from Mound, Minnesota with a question. Good morning, Carol. Hi, Carol. Good morning. I'm so glad you keep having the show on. Thank you. Danny's wonderful, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> These guys know uh, everything here. Go ahead, Carol. Thank you. Shocked to look at my boos poos. And just yesterday, and it's a very old, tall, tall one. Every other layer has gone light golden brown. Like it's dying. Yep. And and that is that is very possible. Bruce Blue, Blue, um, Colorado blue spruces in our climate here in Minnesota live twenty, maybe twenty five years if you're really lucky. So it, it they just can't stand our humid summers. It's just not that good for them. Um, it it sounds like it's on its way out. Um, you could have a, a certified arborist look at it, but if there's so much damage already, there's not much you can do. Um, enjoy it as long as you can and think about putting in something else, maybe a Black Hills spruce to replace it. It's not quite the same, but it's the closest thing. Um, and there's not much else you can do. Mm. It's just really sad when they hit that they hit that wall and yeah. it's just too much for them. Sorry. All right, Carol. Thanks for the call. There is a line open, by the way, at 651-989-9226. A texter says, is it too late to plant a tree? Depends on the tree. If you're planting a maple, go ahead for it. If you're planting any of the evergreens, no. Um, if you do have to plant a tree now, and uh, you know, even if it's an evergreen, make sure you have a good guarantee from the nursery that if it doesn't make it through winter, that mm. you can get your money back. Good point. Um, but but trees, you know, the ever the uh, the uh, maples and that you can plant those almost up until the ground's frozen. All right, let's go back to the phones and uh, see what Richard has to say from Hampton. Richard, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Richard. Well, first of all, Denny, uh, you've kind of got a Saturday morning hat trick going here. Congratulations <laughs> to the automotive Jack Farrell and now Teresa. And I tell you what, I don't tell the boss, but I'm having a lot of fun. <laughs> Shh, don't well, tell give the me boss. Number, I'll call him for you. <laughs> <laughs> but in any event, uh, for Teresa, I recently acquired a rather secluded, uh, old-fashioned lake cabin. Mm-hmm. The lot has a natural, uh, well, no, planted grass lawn, and it's heavily wooded. Uh, the issue is whether or not I need to uh, blow or rake the leaves in the fall. I'm getting divided authority uh, on that. Some say yes. Okay. Some say no, just do it in the spring. What's the professional? Um, you know, you, you have to get those leaves up eventually. Um, if In the fall, it's nicer because they're not as mushy. 
and they're a little easier to deal with and you can let them, you know, bag them and compost them and then you can have a lot of compost in the in the spring. Um, but you do have to get the leaves up eventually. Leaving them on over winter, you can be running into things like molds and things like that that can grow under the um, under the leaves, especially if you don't. And then in the spring, when you try to rake them off, it is wet, and you shouldn't be on the lawn when the ground is wet. So I would say pull them up in the fall um, or just mulch them so you can't see them anymore. You want to see about 80% of the grass um, just before the first snow, um, at least 80%, if not um, 100%. So that just gives you kind of an idea of how many leaves you could leave on, you know, so you don't have to be out there to the last minute mulching with a mulcher mower. Um, but otherwise, rake them, bag them, or put them into the woods so the, the trees can enjoy them again or, um, or mulch them. And let the mulch just fall into this onto the grass. Very good. Thanks, Richard. Appreciate Thanks, Richard. the call. And uh, tell you what, Teresa, we have another half hour of the show to go. Let's take a break here. Okay. And we'll uh, invite our listeners not only to call in but send text. We'll grab some more text when we come back as well. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. And the text number is eight one eight zero seven. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show, brought to us every week by our good friends down near Jordan, Minnesota, that make the best patio furniture in the whole world. It's called By the Yard. We appreciate their sponsorship of the Smart Garden Show. If you're just joining us, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is with us today, and glad I'm glad you're here because we have filled lines Excellent. and a lot of text messages as well, which is not unusual, as you know. But let's give the university's website because right. we haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. It's extension.umn.edu. So if we don't get to your question today or you think of something afterwards, go to there, go to there, go there. Or um, if you're in Hennepin County, at least in Minneapolis, uh, lots of the master gardeners are still at farmer's markets. Mm-hmm. So they're not at the big farmer's market downtown, but a lot of the other ones, Bloomington, Midtown, et cetera, et cetera. We're there till the end of the month, Richfield. So go there and ask the master gardeners questions because they get cold sometimes just sitting there. So <laughs> ask them questions. Get them working. Get them working. All right. Or uh, call in like a lot of folks do or send a text. We'll get to those text messages. But I see uh, uh, Scott is calling from Sioux Falls with a question. Go ahead, Scott. Thanks for Hi, hanging Scott. in there. Hello. Say, I've, we live in town, and I've, we bought this house from this gal. She planted trees. The one tree is probably 25 feet from the house. It's maybe 25 feet tall. But the roots are starting to come up to where, if you're not careful, you can twist an ankle up on the to the ground, and one of the roots are even heading towards the basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. What can I do about um, that? There's not much you can do about that. A lot of trees, especially maple trees, have very very big surface roots. It's just the way the tree grows. Um, so, so you can't be putting stuff over them. You can't be cutting them off because they're the buttressing roots holding up the tree. Um, so there's not much you can do. You just learn to live with it. Uh, you plant flowers around it inside of where the roots aren't. Um, you plant hostas, things like that. Don't worry about them going into your basement. Um, the tree come the, when the roots are growing and they come up against a different substrate, like uh, they come up against concrete. They're going to go sideways. The only the way they would keep going into the concrete is if there was a crack with moisture in it. And then you have a problem because the tree gets bigger, the root gets bigger, the crack gets bigger, then you have a problem. But for the most part, if you were to look at a house that was surrounded by trees for many years and you pulled out the house, 
all around the outside of the the basement there'd be roots circling, but they weren't inside the basement. So so don't worry about that root headed to your house. It'll it'll turn away. It'll hit the concrete. It'll turn right or left or whatever or up or down. Um, so it's not going to be a big deal. But the surfacing roots, that's just the way trees grow. Yep. All right, very good, Scott. Thanks for the call. Charles is calling in on line one. Charles, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Charles. Hey. Um, about uh, September 30th, we planted some five-foot spruce trees, and um, you know, it's been raining every week, and then we, we haven't got them mulched yet, but we wanted to know if we should straighten them up. Some of them are, are leaning quite a bit, or will yes. we take care of that through the frost? Yep, you, you've got it. You've got to put, um, if you've planted trees this year, especially any evergreens um, this fall, um, You've got to do something to to um, to bolster them so they don't get wind thrown because we're going to get winter winds. They will not have rooted out and they will be tossed to the side. So you need to you need to cable them. You need to or whatever it is. I'm brain's not working today. Um, so you do need to to put the the restraints on them. Only leave them on till spring and then take them off. If you have to re, if you have to do it again next year, put it at a different place on the trunk of the tree. Keep those trees really well watered. Give them a good, I would put down some mulch right now. Uh, don't let the mulch touch the trunk of the tree. Um, normally, evergreens take eight weeks to root out, and I don't know that we have eight weeks before your soil is no. going to freeze, so it's really tricky because um, they were planted so late. Make sure you keep your receipt from the from the place you got them. Okay, good idea. But, yeah, you do have to stake them. That's what I'm trying to say. You've got to stake them. You've got to do something because they will get wind thrown by winter winds. All right, Charles, good luck with that. Chris in Minneapolis is on CCO with Teresa. Go ahead, Chris. Hi, you guys. Hi, Chris. Um, I bought some ewes, and I haven't planted them yet. I got two of them. Now, I know they're, I was just listening to what you said about mm-hmm. evergreens, but can I leave those in their pots? I mean, they're pretty big pots, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, if so, um, which direction would I put them in over winter or what else could I do if I can't leave them out? Can, uh, you know, if you if you don't want to plant them, at least sink the pot into the ground oh, okay. um, and do that and mulch it really, really well. And keep them well watered because with they're in the pot in the ground, they won't get as much water. Then in the spring, if if they make it through, which they hopefully will, um, <laughs> pull them up and, um, and then plant them then. Otherwise, get them in the ground as soon as possible. Okay. Make sure they have a good drink of water. Mulch them. And um, I think even bunnies might eat ewes. I don't know that deer do. One or the other does and because and, ewes are normally poisonous. Protect all your win- your plants from bunnies in the winter yeah. and deer and voles. And critters. Critters. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate the call. We're going to grab some text messages. But first, <clears throat> excuse me, Donna in Bloomington has been waiting. Go ahead, Donna. Hi, Donna. Thanks for waiting. Good morning. I have three endless summer hydrangea plants that are doing beautifully with foliage, but each has only one flower from the summer. Yep. I'm wondering how to take care of it for the winter. Do I cut it back? Um, Don't cut it back. Cut them back in the spring. Um, okay. You can cut them back. Um, well, as they're coming out of dormancy, cut back. They are very heavy feeders, so make sure you do fertilize them next year. Um, and if possible, they need a little more light than you would think. So they, they might not be getting enough light. I would guess, though, if they're so healthy with foliage, they're, maybe the light's okay. They just need some more food. So, um, so you know, you can compost this week, this, um, this fall, throw some compost around the top. But um, do give them some fertilizer next spring. Um, or maybe once a month, give them a, a granular fertilizer. 
and is there a certain fertilizers for hydrangeas? Um, you know, you don't. If you if you want to, you don't have to. If you're trying to do the the um, the blue and pink thing, if you want to go blue, I would probably amend the soil with soil sulfur each spring and fall, and then just do a basic fertilizer. You know, rose food, um, anything for flowers would be fine. Okay, good. Thank you, Donna. Now let's get back to the texters. Uh, advice for hydrangeas. Uh, cut back to the ground or how far back and when? It depends on the hydrangea. But for the most part, you don't want to be cutting your shrubs back to the ground at this time of year. Um, they they will just do better and they'll go through the winter with more above ground stuff. And then you can cut it back in the spring. Uh, so don't be cutting back stuff now. It's just not the right time. Um, with your, If it's a Annabelle hydrangea, they often die to the ground, but not always. So wait till they come out of dormancy next, next spring. Cut back what's dead and enjoy the rest. This is also connected to that. Maybe the same answer, Teresa. Do I need to wait for frost before cutting down perennials? Um, yes, I would wait until frost, until the frost kills the perennials, if you can. You know, if you're headed off to uh, Las Vegas for the winter or something, you got to cut them down when you got to cut them down. But if you can wait and let them photosynthesize as long as possible so they can get those carbohydrates into their root systems, have a really healthy root system, then wait till the frost kills them. Take off the above ground stuff and and go from there. Um, I'm a lazy gardener, so I don't do any of that. Okay. Uh, text number, by the way, is eight one eight zero seven. That's a popular way to ask your questions, as you know. Uh, are green maple trees dropping more seeds than normal this year? Um, I haven't here. heard that, um, but but trees could be sick. They could be a cycle. Um, if they were a little stressed, they may have done that. Um, I haven't heard that they've been dropping more. Another texter says this, planted a new cotoneaster. Can I cut back the other two this fall to match up the size? I would cut them back in the spring. In the spring. Mm -hmm. Okay. And just be careful with those those older ones. They have a bigger root system, so you may need to do a little more pruning on them to keep them back to size because they have a bigger root system. They have more energy. They're going to pop off more new growth again in the spring. If you'd like to call in your uh, lawn or garden question for Teresa, 651 Nine eight nine nine two two six. Again, the text number is eight one eight zero seven. Another texter says, "My tree has huge roots on the surface, which is making it hard to mow the lawn." Kind of related to our earlier yep. call. I run over it, and it smells like wood burning. What can I do? That's because you're damaging you're the, roots. the roots. Yeah. Um. You know what I would do is I you have to, you have some options. Cut down the tree and remove the roots. Then you can have a beautiful lawn. Um, mulch that area and gr- and either leave it mulched or grow a beautiful woodland garden underneath it and let the lawn be beautiful in the sun where you don't run into the roots. Those are your options because you're going to be fighting with it. It's just what the maple trees, especially in lots of the trees, they have those big surface roots. It just is what they do. All right. Texture how they says, grow. How they grow. It's the way it is. If I did not trim back my lilac after they were done blooming, when can I do it? Now, before winter, or next spring? Um, if you don't care about flowers, you can do it next spring. Um, if you want the flowers, you have to wait until they've flowered again next year. They have already set their buds for next year. Um, all the spring blooming uh, shrubs have magnolias, azaleas, lilacs, mock oranges. They all have their buds blooming ready for next year. And the roadies. So if you cut anything off, you're cutting next year's flowers. Mm. If you don't care, then go ahead and cut them back in the spring. Okay. Texas says, what do I do if tulip bulbs are sprouting above the ground now that I just planted? Don't worry about it. 
Just let it go. There's well, there's nothing we can <laughs> do. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. Um, th- they're just a little confused. But um, what I what you may want to do is maybe just put. I'd hesitate to say this. Um, put some compost around or a little bit of fertilizer. But you know, they're pro- I wa- probably wouldn't do anything. I would just say, oh, bulbs, you're confused, and hope for the best next spring. Because they're actually going to be photosynthesizing, and hopefully then you'll get some more. But I don't know why they would be doing that. That's a little bizarre. But there, there are some, some bulbs that bloom that send up leaves in the fall, but not normally tulips. All right. Hang on, Teresa. We'll take a quick break here and be right back in a moment or two. So don't go away. 651-989-9226. That's our phone number. Text number is 81807. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour, we thank people like Master Gardener Teresa Rooney for... uh, making this show possible. Well, thank you for having us. We love doing it. And our friends at Buy the Art Furniture. They're fantastic. Yes. All right. It's raining out there right now and maybe pouring where you are. But we have so many text messages. We have callers, too, and I don't want to keep them waiting on the line, Teresa. Uh, Let's go to Catherine, who's calling from Blaine. Catherine, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Catherine. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Denny. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I just wanted to ask you, Teresa, I have a... It's a hibiscus that it, I thought it was dead, but it's starting to come back again. It's it's outside, mm-hmm. and it, it you know leaves are starting to come on it. Um, I was just wondering, what do I do with that? I mean, it it probably needs to be put in a bigger pot. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do I do that? Just get a bigger pot and dump the dirt that's existing yep. on it. Um, what, Throw that away. Yep. What I would do is, um, if you because you're going to be bringing this in, right? Yes. Okay. So what I would probably do is, um, you know, when you want to bring it in, get the pot the size that's one size up from what it's growing in now. Um, how, is it a big pot now or a pretty small pot? It's actually a pretty small pot. Okay. It, I okay. mean, it just is a. It looks like it's root bound okay. already. Yep. So just so. go one size up. Um, when you take it out of the old pot, if the roots are circling, kind of tease them apart or cut them down. Cut Just just take a knife and cut down three or four times so you're breaking the roots. Um, kind of break it up a little bit, just like you were planting an annual. Um, put some um, um, soil in the bottom of the new pot. Put in your, your, pot, your uh, plant and then put soil all around. Keep it well watered. Don't fertilize it until it's actively growing again and maybe even flowering. And that could not be maybe till next spring. So don't fertilize it. But keep it well watered. Keep it moist. Make sure the new pot has a, a hole in it. And that's how you would transplant any pot, any 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 house pot. All right. Plant. Very good. Good Thank, luck. Thanks, Catherine. Oh, there's so many people. Okay. So many texts. Well, if we can't get to them, they should go to extension.umn.edu. And you can ask your question there. Ask the it, question, and, and there's even an Ask a Master Gardener, so you can send a direct all question. All right. We'll yeah. give you that website before yeah. Teresa leaves us today. Uh, let's see who's hanging on the line. Doug is calling from Prior Lake. Doug, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, Doug. Uh, good morning. Doug had to leave, but this oh, is his You life. don't sound like Doug, but okay. Hello. <laughs> Doug, yeah, you've hi. changed. <laughs> uh, thanks for taking my call. Anyway, um, we have uh, what we think or thought was a fat Albert yes. tree in our front yard. Mm-hmm. And we were under the assumption that that was a dwarf blue spruce type tree, uh-huh. but it's getting really tall. Okay. And 
And we're wondering if that can be trimmed and shortened. I know when you cut off the top of a Mm-hmm. Uh, spruce like that, they don't like that. But right. what can we do for that? Um, you know, go ahead and cut it back in the spring. Um, and to try to prune it. Ugh. Oh, this is a tough one because um, I can't really see the tree. Um, you, you can do pruning on it. You're probably not going to ever keep it as short as the fat Albert would have been. Mm-hmm. But um, if you keep pruning all the time, and you may just want to say, should we take it out and get another tree? Because this is going to be something you're going to be fighting with for the life of the tree. And and sometimes it's just not worth it, to be honest. Um, you know, maybe put the tree in a spot where it can get big and tall and not be having to prune so dramatically all the time. Otherwise, um, you do you will have to keep on pruning it all the time. And topping it's never the best thing, but if you want to, you can go ahead and try that next spring and 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 go from there. Okay, it's that's a tough one. Tough one. Yeah. All right, we've got to pick up some text messages okay. here. Uh, Hosta was full of little insect holes this year. How can I prevent this from happening next year? Don't worry about it. Um, you know, uh, hostas have leaves for insects to eat. That's that's what plants do. Um, what you want to do is you want to have a healthy environment. So, um, you know, a nice wood mulch works really well. And have the hostas just as healthy as they possibly can be. And understand that some damage, insect damage to your plants is showing you that there's stuff out there. There's insects out there. It's becoming a more interesting environment. And as you get more and more things in your environment, they they balance each other out, and you just have a really healthy, wonderful ecosystem going on. So you, you know, just live with some of the damage that you're seeing. Um, you know, as long as 50% of a leaf is there, it's still photosynthesizing just fine. If uh, it hits one hosta a little too bad and some leaves look really awful, just cut the leaves off. Um, that's the easiest thing. You can use insecticides, but you've got to know what bug you're seeing, what insect you're seeing, and when to apply it at the proper time. So if you're not seeing what you are what you need to see to kill, there's no way to then put insecticide down because you don't know what you're killing. This texture says this, uh, Teresa, can we use the flower pods on echinacea to propagate, to bury now or spring? You could um, if they've gone to seed because they do self-seed easily. Um, what I would do is make sure those seeds are nice and ripe, harvest them, otherwise the birds will eat them. And then you may want to look into a, a process called winter sowing because I believe the echinacea need to go through a winter stratification where you actually plant them out in milk jugs in January and February and they go through the winter stratification, then you know where they are and then you can transplant the little things in the spring. So winter sowing is something which you might want to look up. My amaryllis texture says developed a second bulb several years ago, which fully blooms now too. I want oh. to now separate them. What is the best time to do that? Um, I would separate them, you know, right now when you're bringing them in and letting them become dormant a little bit, go ahead and separate at that time. Um, or when you repot them, when, if you're, if you're going to repot them, when you take them out and bring them um, back to, from dormancy. So either time would be good. All right. Uh, Texter says, we just had a balsam tree planted early spring. We water it every other day. Near the middle of the lower half of the tree, the needles are turning yellowish. Uh, when you wipe your hand across the yellow, it still feels fresh. No needles come off. Is this natural? It could be. The inside of the trees is often where the the needles on, a, on an evergreen only live so many years, from three to seven years. Then they die. In the center of the tree, there's not much light, so those needles often drop off. Um, I would just make sure you're not overwatering it. So check to make sure that the soil is moist, not soaking wet, especially if you have a heavy clay soil, and you should be fine. 
Do apples get sweeter if they stay on the tree longer? How late can they stay as it gets colder? There are some apples that actually will um, get sweeter out there, and they actually make a wine from that. It's a frost wine or something mm. like that, I've heard. Um, so, or maybe that's grapes, and I'm confused. But it's, you know, the longer they're on the tree, they will get sweeter up to a point, and then they start to rot. So so test your apples when they're at the sweetness you want. Go ahead and pick them. You leave them on too long, pretty soon you're going to lose them to the squirrels and the and the birds and things. Texter was wondering, uh, was I too late in the year for planting junipers? If you're saying now, yeah, it's too late. It is. Um, yeah. All right. We've got about a minute or so to go. Let's see if we can't grab. We have so many text okay. messages. Uh, do, 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 do. Let's see. Oh, I mentioned here, you mentioned Farmer's Market. The Bloomington Farmer's Market was canceled today. This was the last outdoor one for oh, the year. Oh, bummer. Thanks for letting us know. Yeah. Okay. And let's... let's hey, know, Midtown and Richfield go to the end of the month. Let's give that website again. <laughs> uh, Extension.umn.edu. Extension.umn.edu. Mm-hmm. And we always say you click on the garden tab. Click on the garden tab, yep. And in Hennepin County, if you're in Hennepin County, go to your librarian and tell them you want some special classes Ooh. and let them know Hennepin County Master oh, Gardeners yeah. will do that. Thanks. We hope you come back next week, Teresa. I will. All right, good deal. <laughs> Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener here on CCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.